and greetings. Welcome to Star Trek Discovery Pod, a sometimes funny, trying to be smart podcast covering all things new and classic Trek. I'm from space. You're Captain Mariah Gossett. With me on the view screen, we have Clyde Haynes. It's 2020 something, y'all. And we're back on Earth. And your Romulan temporal agent, Paul Satachit, everyone. There we go. Tonight we are reviewing and discussing the third episode of season two of Strange New Worlds, Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow, directed by Amanda Rowe, written by David Reed. But uh, first, just a couple of reminders. Paul, can you tell people where they can find us on the internet? Sure. Uh, I'm supposed to remind the listeners to subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, all links are at StarTrekPod.co. And if you love our content, please consider being a Patreon member for just $2 per episode A Patreon at Patreon.com slash StarTrekPod. Indeed. And Clyde, if folks are hanging out with us tonight live on YouTube, how can they interact with us in the chat? Well, they can really just type the, cap- the words capital P, capital O, capital T, capital Pod in the chat. And we will take a look at your thought, your question, your comment. And at a moment... You'll know what time it is when we ask you just to type a capital H, capital F, capital HF in the chat to give us your overall thoughts on the show. Indeed. All right. Well, I think it is time to set up a chessboard and get ready for some. Hot we got to get into some hot freaks. Nothing uh, like that deep V, man. There's nothing gotta like that deep. got to have a deep V on the, on the freaks machine. That's some Kirk confidence right there. We exactly. should call it hot Kirks because that's a Kirk level confidence. Hot Kirks. Uh, Paul, do you want to kick us off? What was your hot freak? Sure. Uh, I thought, you know, I thought the episode was, uh, was fantastic. Like I, I go on the record saying, not my Kirk. Uh, <laughs> and I still stand by that. But I, I can appreciate him a little bit more. I will say that, like, you know, uh, I was watching with my wife and she goes, like, did they cast Mr. Dumphy as uh, Kirk, you know, from Modern Family, uh, that actor? I was like, ooh, burn. <laughs> but, like, I, I thought everyone did a great job. Like, the, the, the episode was well acted and well written. Like, it, it just felt, like, really good. I, I love the fact that it was just, like, how this season Star Trek just seems to be like not caring about which character it follows in some ways. Like, you know, like, like it, it doesn't ha- like Spock was in it twice. I don't think Pike was in it. No, Pike was in it, at, you know, it, like mm-hmm. in the chair, you know, like, like it's, it's like this feels like six season, uh, season six kind of episodes where people are like, Oh, I'm going to take, I'm going to go, I'm going to Barbados. So, okay. So I guess like I'm being written out of this episode or something. It just, it was just very interesting, but I really loved it. A little tidbit about that, but I'll let Clyde go and then I'll I'll get into mine. Well, I think um, like I, I really enjoy this, and you know I'm gonna make a ready room com- comment early in the show before Mariah has a chance. And in the ready room, they they do a bit of a montage of um, kind of time travel Star Trek episodes. And one of the questions that I had for myself was, where does this stack up? Like, how does this fit into the let's go back to 20th century earth and hang out. Right. And I actually thought it, 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 it stacks up fairly well. And the reason why I think that is because it, it gives us something, right? Like it's, this isn't just a episode where it's a kind of episode in a bottle and they do something like we really do. It is not a bottle episode. 
It's not. We learn about Lan in a way that means something. And and I think we're going to see more of Kirk and this sets that up, that they're dynamic. We, we see the tensions between a lot of things in this episode. And I go, wow, like this is an episode that means something to where they're taking this season. Um, and so I appreciate that. And that's not always the case. Uh, and I just, I just thought it was really well done. And Paul, to your point, it's interesting. This is episode three. And in truth, we haven't had the whole cast do a whole show this season yet, sure, right? Yeah. Season one, we didn't have the captain. Or episode one, we didn't have the captain. Episode two, we had we had the captain and we had Una, but we really didn't have any, just about anybody else. Everyone in the popcorn stands. Right. And in this episode, unless for a glimpse, we really get just Laan. We get a new character and a bit of a... Uh, kind of a cameo guest appearance by Palia, who is still just killing it. I, I mean, I like what you said. This is like this is this feels like a seasoned veteran take on the season, and I'm here for it. Yeah, I am like kind of medium warm on this episode. There are things that I liked about it. There's things that really took me out of the world that they built, though, and I'll get into that like later. The things I do appreciate, though, I am loving that this has been an interesting bait and switch because I feel like, especially on the heels of what has been going on over at Paramount and like the cancellation of discovery, all the stuff about prodigy, we'll talk about that later. But I was like, Oh, they're like, Oh yeah, of course we're giving you a show with a, a white cis het dude as our captain. Just kidding. We're going to have all these episodes where it's not about him. <laughs> so for that, I'm excited to get to have all these kind of spin-offy feeling episodes, especially because these aren't 90s truck shows where we're going to get 22 episodes and seven to nine seasons to explore this. So I don't, I don't really mind that part. Um, I had things in some of the world building and the writing that took me out of this episode. And I'll talk about that in a little bit, but overall, I really enjoyed the performances. I am buying this Kirk more than I did last season. Um, the other thing is this is also an alternate timeline Kirk. So I bought it as alternate timeline Kirk. <laughs> and so I, I, I give it to, to, to Wesley cause he's having to really play a lot of versions of Kirk, <laughs> um, without having spent very much time as actual prime timeline Kirk. So I, I think he's building, I, like you were saying, Clyde, I, I watched the ready room. I thought his interview on the ready room made sense about how he's trying to build this Kirk to eventually be the Kirk that we saw in TOS. Um, I also love timey wimey episodes. So, uh, and I thought it was really fun to get out of the studio and to shoot some stuff like out in the real world. That was exciting to see because this was our strange new worlds here on earth. Um, sure, yeah. So yeah, that was kind of where, um, so, so you like off. Lieutenant Kirk? I do like Lieutenant Kirk. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> I guess I'll start with, so we start with Laon, you know, she's like making friends, but still having a hard time. I feel like she is still grappling a lot with this concept of like where her DNA can potentially point her, what her family history is going to have for her. I liked the little hand-to-hand combat scene. I thought there was some really funny, like whatever Spock was like, I'll try to practice less vigorously. I don't know why that line made me laugh so hard, Um, (laughs) but it did. Um, And then we quickly jump into, you know, this encounter 
with the with the tra- the time traveler um, who shows the same map that we saw in Voyager's temporal episode where Seven of Nine has to kind of go through the same rigmarole over and over again. Um, I did want to ask, though, from the beginning of the episode to where we landed, were you getting a Kirk Laon vibe from the top? I, I, you know, especially on the second watch. So the first watch, I was like, I, I don't quite get it. And on the second watch, I said, okay, so what I want to see is how does this happen? Because she, it feels like she falls, she's interested in him pretty early. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to figure out why, right? And so to answer your question, not really. I just assume that maybe, you know, maybe that was her type. Like, you know, like he, you know, there's those moments where he walked in the room and she's kind of like, she's he's good at chess. He takes handsome. off his shirt and the roots. <laughs> To like, only put on the hmm. same hoodie again. <laughs> oh, no. Yes. It, it, well, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it was same hoodie and a different jacket. I'm like, dude, you did not have to take off your shirt to change jackets. But oh, he I'm did. Not, oh, I'm he not did. trying to be a oh. hater. The, the, I'm not hating. He's, but... you know, he's setting up the Kirk that we know. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. Just, this this I'm, was I'm the first honest. glimmer I saw of the Kirk that yes. we know. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is a little, a little swag, you know? Like. There was a time in my life where I kind of had the abs. And yeah, if there was a woman, we were, would I take off to flex the abs just to put the shirt back on? I'm not going to be that mad at him, but I thought it was unnecessary. Um, I just, so it, I felt like I had to grasp there to answer your question, right? Mm-hmm. Like I had to go, sure, but there wasn't like time for this connection for me to be like, oh, that's obvious. Um, yeah, it felt, I had to keep kind of going back and rethinking it. And I was like, I could see it. And here's, here are some things that I think could have helped the, the romance vibes where, um, and this is such a, like a nitpicky thing. And I'll say, I understand making anything in television is really hard, but the, I always love the music in most Trek episodes, but I thought the needle drops of contemporary music that they put in this episode were terrible choices. (laughs) Um, cause I was like, oh, if you want me to believe there's some chemistry going on between these characters, these are prime opportunities for you to give me some emotional manipulation through music, um, with the chest. Cause the only time they do a needle drop in this episode is the chess scene mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. um, the, the car chase and the car chase was even more disappointing to me, but it's like, if the, if the chess scene is supposed to be this initial spark of like oh, he's not just a handsome guy to look at. Like, he's also clever and funny. Like, I needed I needed something there, and it was not delivering for me. Um, I don't know. Maybe. The chess scene is also the first thing that took me out of this entire world building, because how much money are you making playing chess that you can then afford what looks like at least a four-star hotel, uh, a bus, a taxi to Vermont, um, enough money to bribe a border officer? <laughs> um uh. I, where I was asking myself the same question, like, who are you hustling? And when did those guys from the become pro- the hustle game? Like, Also, how are you playing a, a cash game with no cash to put on the table? I thought that too. Like, did you, like, did you hustle somebody and be like, like, 
usually it's just gonna say usually the situations it's all right here's my hundred versus your hundred and the guy over here holds the hundred right like dude clyde are you playing chess in the park for a hundred dollars a game i wasn't saying chess. Like, i have no doubt it's not i i have i have no doubt that kurt can play chess that well that is not the doubt the doubt i have is that all of those people who would be there playing for cash in a park in toronto are gonna keep playing you after they've seen you hustle at least three people like that crowd is gone so like unless you found just like the the gimmick i thought in my mind when he was like i got an idea i really thought he was going to turn around and busk like playing like drums or like a bucket i was like (laughs) that would have been hilarious Um, but it it was it it took me out of it a bit so would you say mariah that maybe because it took place in canada this is not how Canadians would behave because you're Canadian. Listen, I just don't think in any major, it's like any Toronto is a major city. Like if you like go to any city where there's people, you know, playing follow the queen, there's people playing chess, there's people playing dominoes like that is definitely happening. Is it happening in the winter in Toronto where people are going to sit around and play you for cash and watch you pile up enough money that apparently you can bribe a border officer after a terrorist attack? (laughs) to get across the border that's a really good point that's a really good point that should have been sus right because yeah that should have been incredibly sus and like how are you gonna how are you gonna get out of canada with no id it was one of those things where it was like i could have i could have like dealt with some of the creative leaps but there was like one and i'm like i'm already down with time travel like i'm here for this but then it's like you're gonna have him hustle for enough money then you're going to have them staying at like a very nice hotel. They don't have Man. an ID. They don't have a credit. They don't let you stay at a hotel without a credit card. They don't let you stay there without an ID. How much cash did you win in this park that you could just drop and be like, well, here's like $500. Just let us stay in this hotel room for the night. Um, I'm just saying then- like, this, 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 maybe not now, but maybe three years in the future it will be. <laughs> That, like I just as someone who's had to sit at the board at the Canadian US border driving and taking three hours to get across the border as someone with like actual paperwork, it is I don't know. I mean, like, as, I don't, as someone you, who as someone who sat at this, the Canadian Carolyn, border. Pod, why not have her have a cabin somewhere in Ontario? I, I was just, literally I like mean, there's I, so many easy fixes for yes. me to not have to think about this, which is like yeah. Oh yeah, I had a cabin outside of Montreal in case all of this didn't happen. That fine, great, lovely. Yeah. Look, I, I'm you're talking to someone who has been at the border where they suddenly realized their passport was expired, right? So the idea of like this, I did I did struggle with that just a little bit. It's like, how, man, yeah. I got a anyway, lot of money. Like, it sounds like, to me like uh, there's that Thirty Rock episode where like uh, uh, Tina Fey goes out on a date with Michael Sheen. Is that his name? Michael Sheen and they, they go see Hot Top Hot Top Time Machine, and Liz goes. So let me get this straight: you don't you don't have a problem with the hot tub time machine part. You have a problem with the hot tub water heater. He goes like, yeah, "I've been in the hot tub. It doesn't get hot that quickly." <laughs> I'm fine. Give me magical, timey wimey, all the gadgets, all of that. But the minute you're like, I bribed a border agent at the Canadian border after a terrorist attack, like now I'm out. So so here, here's my, here's where I'm sus. Where I go, like I go, like there, Kirk is buying hot dogs and just eating hot dogs. 
with nothing on them. That too. Crazy. That I go like, that's crazy. Like, you know, and Listen. then he goes and gets another one. Listen. <laughs> He's that. trying to force a hot dog. Like, I guess if you only have eaten replicator food for like your entire life, sure. But like, <laughs> here's the thing. There are plenty of hot dogs that you can get plain and that are absolutely delicious. The problem is none of those hot dogs are on a cart in the street. You need some ketchup, some mustard, some relish, some chili. You need something on them. And he was just like, yeah, plain. This is great. Hot dog water. Mm." You know, it could be that like, you know, because the next scene is like on in bed and then I can't sleep and Mm -hmm. then I'm going to look at Kirk and then I go back in bed. I always thought that of that, like them trying to go, oh, she's really hot for him. But maybe she's going like, maybe this guy's a serial killer because of how he ate the hot dogs. And she's <laughs> going to check on it. <laughs> and it goes, oh, I, I, no, he's, he's not a killer. And then he, his eyes open and looks at her and goes, maybe I should kill her because the hot dogs. Are, I don't know. It was just the hot dogs. Anyway. Anyway. Um, uh, yeah. So th- these were the things that took me out of the episode and I started spinning about. And I had to like recheck myself in. Um, well, Mariah, there's another one. But it happens at the end of the episode. Do you want to talk about the one that I was like, wait, oh, what are we one, doing here? The one, is it the leaving a gun in a child's bedroom? <laughs> I love that. That was so great. That's how Khan becomes Khan. Look, oh, now I have the power. <laughs> I, um, there yeah, was nice a, I am the, nice I am the captain now. <laughs> I have to kept it out. There's a good question from Carmen. So we can kind of jump to the end um, yeah. and we'll we'll kind of work our way back. But like, you know, essentially we get to the point where, you know, destiny, however you want to say it, has intervened. And essentially Leon has to save her ans- her ancestor who does terrible things in order for the future to actually happen. Right. So it's that that big split. But Carmen asks, can you explain the timeline with Khan being a kid here and Khan's age in TOS? I'm confused. What am I missing? So the producers of the show have said that they decided to, I mean, part of the, I'm calling her millennial Romulan um, or like uh, wow. undercover Romulan. She explained she's been here since 1992. It was supposed to happen in 1992. Uh, but the Romulans have been as, essentially right. messing with the timeline enough to where now Khan has not happened yet. Um, and one of the reasons the producers decided to do that was because they like when Trek is within our time can make sense in our timeline so that there is hope that Trek and Starfleet can one day happen. It's something that they have always liked having. And, you know, unfortunately the nineties set stuff in the nineties that did not happen in the nineties. So they've retconned it a bit and I don't mind it. Um, I, I think what is interesting is the potential for this Romulan temporal wars to perhaps be our, um, plot point of what's going to happen in the section 31 movie if they're kind of pre-setting that up that could be interesting um because we've never really seen any of the temporal wars um really played out extravagantly um in a trek series so that could be interesting um but yeah and and i also thought you know there's another um kind of point so lawn doesn't recognize the romulan ship when they're kind of going through all the the photos that millennial romulan is showing them and um so strange new worlds does happened before Balance of Terror in TOS. So Laan and most of Starfleet still don't actually know what Romulans look like or what their ships look like, um, which I thought was also kind of a fun nod but that and interesting. Kirk does, right? Huh? The- but that Kirk does, yeah, yeah. because of the, the Romulan um, interventions, yeah. The war between 
Vulcans and Romulans and apparently Earth. Um, yes. Listen, to, to tr- try and get us back on track, I really do like what, what, what Chupi says here. She says, I seriously think it was more about Lon recognizing what it's like to not be alone or in fear of, of ostracization. I agree. I agree that if we focus on the fact that this is an episode about La'an being around someone right. who doesn't know her lineage and the mm-hmm. the burden and just it's like, oh, I get to be a normal person for a while without all this baggage. Like as I focus on that, and I think especially the first watch through, that's where my focus was. It's like, oh, this is a great little story. Then you start to pull threads and then there are more threads. But if we focus on Laan, it was a great vehicle for her. It just, you know. The- it's, it's almost, I didn't realize that in the future in that you're not allowed to change your last name. <laughs> I mean, it's probably like a do if you, you know, it's like how much do you want to hide you know, yourself from yourself, I guess. But Sure, but like if you're worried about people treating you like you know, like a monster, and you're afraid that you're a monster yourself. Just you know. change your name to Jenkins, and she could be Lon Jenkins. And That's right. No one would ever know. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm, it's just one of those things. Like, but I, I, I get it. Like, you know, I, I get that there is a like we do. We don't always do the things that solve our problems right. for reasons. Yeah. And I think to, uh, you know, to, to Chippy's point, like, yes, the, I, I really enjoy, enjoyed seeing, uh, I thought Christina Chong did an incredible job in this episode. Um, I really enjoyed her performance and, and I'm excited to see more of, um, Laon and like what her journey will be. I think I felt like last episode, we had such a profound statement from the lawyer to her that I wanted to, I'm enjoying that we get to actually see that continue into this episode. Cause often, ripple. yeah, it's like the, the ripple effect is continuing. And in this one, she gets to actually see what it would look like, right. If her lineage was not there and how sometimes the terrible actions of your family can lead you to be the better person. Right. Um, so yeah, I did, I did enjoy it in that, um, in that aspect. Um, what else was I going to say? Oh, they also mentioned, I mean, I think a lot of this too was originally this episode was going to be set in New York, but then they, they um, couldn't really uh, figure afford it out. It. Yeah. They couldn't <laughs> afford it. Um, and so, and, and like Toronto often is the fill in for a lot of cities <laughs> all the time. And they're like, well, you know, like let's pay a little homage to our, our um, actual home base here where we're shooting, which I, which I enjoyed, but I think some of these, issues that I have with the plot would have been solved if this all took place in New York and Vermont instead of Toronto and Vermont. I see, because the chess um, games in New York are, are high stakes. Well, it's not such <laughs> <laughs> I understand people play chess for money. My problem is how do you play a money game with no money to begin with? And then how much money are you really making off of these chess games? Anyway. Um, Especially for four-star hotels in Toronto. That's like, what I'm saying. Maybe it's the hotel right next to the disaster site, so it was just like a good deal. <laughs> I mean, I have a job, and my first thought when I looked at the hotel was, dang, that's a nice hotel. I don't think I could stay there. That's I was like, weird. it's got two rooms? I was, yeah. I was like, man, that is a great Motel 6. 
and a, a view of the bridge, <laughs> fully stocked mini bar. Listen, I've been into a couple hotels lately when I've been traveling for work, and I'll be honest with you, I haven't really seen a mini bar. I don't think they really do. I mean, that's you know, supposed to be. If this is supposed to be ninety two, then maybe they, st- they they had mini bars in ninety two. But that was that was a nice hotel room. Just saying. Um, yes. Anyway, there's a lot of like, why is New York better? New York would be better because then they didn't have to cross a border and they didn't have to bribe an agent. I, I just, anyway, it would have, it would have made more sense to me. Logically, the logic is not sound. Like, um, like the whole Canadian border does not have agents on every single thing. So they could off-road it around it. Right. Right. But then they said we bribed a border. Agent. I would have like, just show me them like sneaking out the underside of a bus, like, or, or just not mention it. Just not. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, It'd be interesting how many people would have caught it if they didn't mention it. it Maybe like they they were there for like months and he played a lot of chess. It'd be a lot of bank. A lot of bank. This is an interesting question from Adrian. Why did the Romulan show them a picture of a Romulan ship just toying with them? I think that was a test for mm-hmm. uh, for the Romulan to figure out if they were actually Starfleet or not. Was to see if they recognized it. And they failed. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought the the other thing i'll say is i thought the it made more sense to me once she was revealed to be romulan because at first i was like this person is too normal to be a conspiracy theory person <laughs> sure, 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 sure. like i would have liked a little bit more chaos <laughs> like um, yeah. I, I do wonder though like you know here's like like, like if we're poking holes if, if that's what we're doing right like you know, mm-hmm. i go like so you know where khan is and the thing that's stopping you is a door. <laughs> like you got, you got these photon charges. You got all. Well, the- maybe she didn't know where it was. Maybe she followed them there. I don't know. That is but, interesting. But like they, they need Laon to open a door. Right. And, and why would Laon's marker like open a door? Because like you know, it's like the kids have like access to the outside world. Because I, I don't know. It, it was just one of those things where I was going like, huh. I'm not going to think too deep about this because it's emotionality is, it's, you know, it's really nice. I'm gonna, I'm gonna... Well, I think it's that the, the Institute, right. Is like one of the kids last names come from that Institute. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, so I think she's also related to whomever. It's not that she's just related to potentially Khan. She's related to everyone who was involved in that. Right. Hmm. Maybe like, like I, I might've missed that. Um, yeah, that's another thing. We never did explanation of why he was at that location. Um, but it could be, I think a lot of this has to do with the fact, I think a lot of this is retcon because it's taking place in this like Romulan affected timeline, right? This isn't sure. like the timeline we've come to know. Yeah. Right. Um, I also really enjoyed Pella uh, in this episode. I thought she was great. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked the weird antique store. She steals the scene. I'm I'm sorry. Like when she's in the scene, it's just it comes alive. It mm-hmm. really does. She brings a lot of energy. Um, I enjoyed her. I enjoyed her performance quite a bit. My other question for y'all is: Do you think she knew to give Laon a clue at the top of the episode to be able to find her, or well, the, did Laon end up inspiring her to become an engineer? Well, what's really going to bend your mind or scramble your noodle ladle is. What if I had? Was I gonna drop the spoon? I know where you're going with that. So, like, uh, I butchered the Matrix reference, but um, <laughs> it's okay. Don't worry, Clyde. Don't worry. After we after we're done, there'll be some cookies for you. You'll forget all about it. Thank you. <laughs> uh, but like, I think, I think 
it was not bookended the way that I would have liked. Like, you know, mm. she said the Vermont thing. Uh, I wished at the very end that there was like a close up on her when when she sees Laon and like a wink, like that she knows that she's back, you know, because because Pella would have known that, you know, Laon goes back in time the moment that, you know. Yeah. Uh, so uh, and they did that very well in like, you know, what you call it? Uh, broken time zero, like in uh, with Whoopi Goldberg and and, mm-hmm. and John Luke. So that, that happens. Mm-hmm. So I, I just. So they, they could have talked about it, but even not. just a like a uh, nice watch, you know, yeah. uh, some, something like that. So, some, some, mm-hmm. some, some acknowledgement of like that. Just a, just a, I mean, hold that look for a second when she came onto the bridge exactly she just looked up and just held that look for just a second Th- that's what i was looking for like i was like oh they're gonna do that and they didn't i was like hmm i don't well, quite they probably, they probably got it and then they probably cut it for some reason probably because you know they need another four seconds of lawn crying i don't know but, I mean, but yeah because then that begs the question is like when that temporal agent is essentially like lawn you can't talk to this talk to anyone about this it's like could she technically talk to pella about it because, exactly. because but granted it was like a, a hundreds of years ago so she might not remember but it's like uh, yeah, but there, to me there's a whole conversation that has to happen now because what she understands is one she w- the whole thing that's interesting about this, and again, we'll scramble your noodle, is that she wasn't an engineer right. when Lon met her. And Lon basically gave her the idea to become an engineer. Yeah, that's what I was like. Oh, is this why she's there? <laughs> Very interesting. Um, good point, Carolyn. Why doesn't a temporal police have a time counselor for people traumatized and silenced by saving the timeline? What That's the exactly what my wife said. Uh, like, what? Asked me, well, what the hell? Like, Shut up. Don't talk to anyone. We won't even help you. And then leave. And then just be like, all right, you're like on her bed. <laughs> Although I would say, you know, like every time I see like the crew quarters on, on this ship, they are nice. They are very nice. They they are Motel Six nice plus. You know, like they're just like a Canadian Motel Six, like like, <laughs> like the, <laughs> but like oh my god, I've got like wow, you know. I know she's crying, but this room looks beautiful. <laughs> um, I did want to. What did you all think about Kirk's um this this timeline? Kirk, uh, his the, sacrifice, uh for essentially his knowledge that hopefully earth will look better on the other side of all of this. Like, you know, it, it, it's a tough thing. Cause like, is there, is there a point where life gets so bad that you go, ah, it's not worth living. I like maybe in another life, I, I'd be better. Like yesterday's enterprise did mm-hmm. this, right? Picard goes like, Hey, maybe you go back and change the past because we're going to lose to the Klingons. You know, like I, and that 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 happens in in uh, in in fiction. Like mm-hmm. I have to think, look at my life. I go like, oh well, if I send you back, then I will never existed. Would I want that? And go like, eh, I don't know. Sure, why not? Like you know, I I mean, I I felt like <clears throat> I get the sacrifice because you know they have this conversation, abbreviated as it might be, that like look, your existence kind of sort of sucks. And mm-hmm. your existence in my timeline is kind of sort of great. 
Like your brother's still alive. There's sunsets. You were born on Earth. Like everything's great. So you know how to drive a car in this timeline. Exactly. (laughs) Like you have a whole list and not for nothing. You're not there yet, but we all know. And you're going to become a great, 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 great captain. Like all this stuff. Well, she doesn't know about the great captain yet. She doesn't. I'm saying she doesn't, but we do. Right. Right, So I, I look and go. It's it's better. You don't want the life that you were living. This is a better life for you. I just don't know that he needed to be shot. Like that, there was something there that I was like, "Do we no, have I, to shoot him?" I, I love that. I I, I, I love that he, he he was mouthing off and pop <laughs> <laughs> like a punk. I um yeah I don't know I if like it's the just line like that the... she said. Also, she like, said, go ahead. Oh, she! I, the line that she said, she was like, "Well, at least I get to kill Kirk." Like, because no one has ever been able to really do that. Yeah, yeah. She, I thought that was one of the probably the funniest moments of 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 the this episode. Yeah, I um, I don't know if it's just like the time we're living in, and it's also we very rarely see like um gun guns in star trek right it's mm-hmm. very rare and so i started counting how many shots she had fired off especially once i realized that laon leaves the gun in the child's room which was like wild to me um and then i thought it was interesting that the romulan essentially like cyanide her body you know was that like like, like tashiar type stuff yeah yeah i thought that was like an interesting effect. I did also wonder, I thought Lon might go back to Kirk's body and like teleport both of them to see what would happen. Cause mm-hmm. I'm like, well, now you've just left someone from the future's body in the past, I guess. So <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. No, no. Like, uh, yeah, no, it- it, you know, you mentioned, we don't see, kind of guns that often i'm i was thinking back to um kind of the tos episode a piece of the action um that i think a lot of people call the gangster planet um, the 1920s gangster planet yeah 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 um where they had all these tommy guns Mm -hmm. um but it's i I still don't know that and i can't remember that episode enough to know did anybody actually get shot in that episode um, it, this is something that we don't see very often, which is why maybe it felt a little bit different to me. Like, I feel like we're always there. There might be bullets flying, but I don't know that people actually get shot. And this was especially our characters. Right. Right. Like we've always come to know that these. But, you know, I thought it was smart in the sense that like, oh, this isn't our actual Kirk. Like so prime like, Kirk. This isn't no. prime Kirk. Yeah. So like these characters can be lost, but it did kind of remind me. I remember, I think it's like season one of discovery when they go on to the sister ship and it's like all of the damage is done there from um, the tardigrade. Mm. Um, And like, there's like Mm -hmm. actual, I was like, Oh, this is like, this is contemporary Trek. Like we were getting dead bodies, you know, like that was something we hadn't really seen like that kind of carnage, you know, I think in Trek in a long time. Um, so I think, you know, it was another reminder of, I don't know, just like the changing tastes of, of television. Um, well, it's also, <laughs> I also think what's interesting about Kirk. So there's some things in here that I do find funny, right? Is that when we think about Kirk and TOS, right? The, the, the ongoing joke for decades now has been the red shirt joke, jerk, 
a joke, right? How many red shirts have gone down on away missions mm. with Kirk never to come back? So the fact that now he's on a he's on an away mission, right? And he's evidently not coming the, back. Yeah, he, he's the red shirt. It's kind of funny. Like it's 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 kind of ironic. I mean, what I, they I think would have done been, was give him a red hoodie. Exactly. Yeah, okay. uh, exactly. Uh, that would have been, been, been perfect. Funny. They gave him a red car. Yeah, they did give him a red car. I thought the the car chase scene was fun. They apparently did that all on the AI wall, which I or the big. Um, did they really on the volume? Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Um, for all of the interiors and um, uh, all the interior shots, and I the the way they staged that looked great, and I thought it actually looked really good, uh, even with the the cuts to the the street um, stunts. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that looked really cool, but again. That song choice was terrible for that car chase. It was a song about doing ketamine, by the way, which I thought was wild, a wild choice. <laughs> you, you know, so the first time I watched it, <clears throat> I watched it on my computer, no captions. And I was like, okay, this is an interesting song choice. I didn't think anything of it. The right. same time I watched it, I watched it on my television with the captions on. And not for nothing, it was like, there's a line in it. It was like, Maybe I did Molly. And yeah. I was like, hmm. <laughs> this is interesting. Okay. I don't know. I was I was captivated by all the Tokyo drifting that there was happening. In, on yeah. The- <laughs> he was having a good time driving for someone who didn't quite know how to drive. Um, they were going for that Star Trek Beyond moment. Here's the thing. The Star Trek Beyond moment is one of my top five needle drops in a movie That's right. of all time. And it was in the first one, right? It was when he's driving the car as a kid. Well, mm-hmm. there's that one. That's a great needle drop moment it's, too. It's the, it's the same song. Yes, yeah, so I was just like, y'all, like we can. That is a great. That's the one you're, we're talking about. The one where the car goes off the cliff and he jumps yeah, out. Yeah. That yes, one? that is a great. Not only is it a great needle drop, but you want to talk about a car chase and like that quintessential like Kirk, yeah, like vibe. That was this. I thought the car chase was interesting, but it didn't feel Kirk-esque to me, right? Like, yeah, I think, it didn't have that Kirk swag to it, it. It wasn't prime Kirk. It's not prime Kirk, but I think that is also my uphill battle is that I just like love Chris Pine's Kirk so much. Mm. And it is so fresh in the mind still that I feel like it's not fair to Paul Wesley, like how the, the hill I'm asking him to climb, but I'm like, I think I know he can do it. I know he's charming and like he he has the right look and he's got the, uh, you know, I, I, I can see a hundred percent why he was cast and I think it will eventually get there. It's just mm-hmm. like that. It's like the, the, the RuPaul's drag race categories, right? Like I need the charisma, uniqueness, nerve and talent, and I can see the nerve and talent, but I'm looking for the charisma and the uniqueness. <laughs> it, it sounds to me like what you're saying is that he's not your Kirk. <laughs> I, he's 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 got kirking to go kirking to go <laughs> but, but to, be, to be fair Kirk he's just growth. lieutenant right like like yes, there's 10 years lieutenant. of growth 10 years of growth like you know like not, but, that's, this, but it's like we see ensign kirk on in star trek 2009 anyway um you know i think that's the that's the interesting thing that that makes this a hard show right like we look i love i'm loving strange new worlds like it oh, feels yeah. like trek like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm i'm all here for it but there's a degree of difficulty here because ultimately you've got to bring in characters that 
I mean, you're recasting characters. Yeah. And there's a lot of thought, effort, and success that has have gone into these these characters. Now, listen, the way I look at it is you went Leonard Nimoy, you went uh, was it Zachary Quinto, mm-hmm. and then you went Ethan Peck. Like you went three for three. Your luck was going to run out at some point, right? Like, and, and I love, uh, and I love Celia Gooding, uh, Celia Gooding as um, our Ahura. I think she's a great Ahura. And yeah, like to your point, Clyde. Yeah, it is really hard to recast these these characters, especially when it's not like just a full drastic recast. You know what I mean? Like not right. a full reboot. Like we're not like and in, building in fairness, to those people we know. I was very suspicious. Like when when I when they first when I first learned that they were rebooting Star Trek with with kind of the the um, you know J.J. Abrams first, I was like, mm, "How are you going to do this? Like, how, these are characters that are really set in stone." And I was I was thinking, "How do you recast, particularly Spock, Kirk, and McCoy?" Mm. I was like, "That's going to be really really tricky." And they nailed that, right? This time around, I'm like, man, and the, the, I feel like the one you had to get right was Kirk. And I'm just, there's I mean, a- we'd all be complaining if anyone wasn't like up to snuff. And like, I, I think he will get there. And I'm, well, I, well, I, that's, I, I'm that I don't know, there. because like Chris Pine, like I was super skeptical of Chris Pine when he showed up. And he uh, absolutely, he's my favorite Chris, but that's my bias. <laughs> well, but, but, like within, 10 minutes of the film, I was like, oh no, this dude has all the Kirk swag I need. I think that's what I'm missing from this Kirk is I see no swag and we say, oh, he'll get there. Well, what what they did it with with Chris Pine is they showed us that he was basically born with swag. (laughs) So I'm like, well, where's the I I see Chupi. Chupi is a fan. And here's the thing, Chupi. I did watch The Ready Room and I understand his thing about I'm playing it at a three so I can get to a 10. But here's the thing. I, I do need... Uh, like if they want me to believe that especially in this episode if they want laon to like be into this kirk i didn't believe it until the like the the bedroom wander around and the peak was like my first inkling so that was like a bigger jump for me to get to i think i needed that's why i was like give me some musical emotional manipulation to believe that this is a charming man in this like chess game or like, I don't know. I needed some more like longing, lingering, a lip bite. Like, give me some more like. Like if they had to change clothes in a in a phone booth together. Like, yeah, like something like a little. I need a little. I need some tension building right now. There's not enough tension for me to believe that kiss was like. Oh, I need. You know, I wanted that kiss to feel like I needed that kiss, and I think I needed a little bit more tension building. So. There you go. Well, you know, like uh, that's uh, that's Mariah's take. That is my take. <laughs> I didn't. It's like here's the thing. I had a great time watching this episode again. Christina Chong is like an incredible performer. I I thought her performance was great. I think it was just like I got very caught up in a lot of the nitty the nitty gritties this mm. episode. She was excellent in this, and I don't just mean her, but I mean the Lon character yes. was phenomenal in this. Um, and and consistent and Kicked steady. Ass also, yes. all of the fight mm-hmm. choreography was great. I thought her and Millennial Romulan had a great hand to hand. Yeah, and and I like the fact that it wasn't a, 
it wasn't like I'm just gonna destroy you. It it felt like a real fight. Like I was like, oh, what's gonna happen? Like mm-hmm. I was kind of on the edge of my seat. Like it was it it was thoroughly enjoying enjoying think- and yes. Yeah. I, the other thing is like Laan is one of the few characters we don't really know outside of Strange New Worlds, right? So she is one of those characters where there are more stakes in watching her fights and watching things happen to her because we don't actually know what happens to her post Strange New Worlds. So it is, um, I get more enjoyment, I think, out of some of her plot lines because they are more mysterious. Like I don't have uh, canon to to look forward to and be like, oh, but I know everything's going to be okay. Like, I, I truly don't know that for her character. So I think that ups the stakes. Mm. Yeah, no. That is, that's true. Like, the thing about a prequel is we, we kind of know the fate of many people on this ship, right? Mm-hmm. Or at least kind of three, right? We, we know what happens to Pike. We know what happens to Spock. We know what happens to Uhura, mm-hmm. right? So they're almost invincible. So they're, it's Chapel. hard to put the, or, in, in Chapel. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's hard that they are characters who we ultimately go, no matter what dangerous position you're in, you're going to be okay. Right. Right. So which is kind of the thing we talked about the first episode when Chapel is in that kind of in the space suit, we knew she was going to be okay. Right. Like, it's hard. Like, no, she's not going to die. We know she's not going to die because she makes it to the next series. Right. Um, yeah. I think uh, next episode where, oh, that was what I was also going to say. So my, my little inside intel of why we also are not seeing as much Pike in these first few episodes is I believe um, this was right when his um, child was born. And so he was taking more time away mm-hmm. to be with his newly born kiddo. Um, so I believe that's why we're not getting as much Pike in this first half of the season. Like, uh, do you know what the kid's name is? I do not know for sure. It's actually interesting. It's mm-hmm. Peanut Hamper. <laughs> <laughs> we had almost gone the whole thing. I'd been trying to think about it, but I was I had a I had a, a thing saved for this back half, but you beat me to it, Paul. Way to go. Walked right into that. Like <sighs> he's like, Oh, it's interesting. I'm like, I'm like oh what is it i'm, I'm thinking I'm i was to just guess like oh I, like, I can't remember if I, I was like i've maybe seen it on the internet but i don't know a lot of times yeah, and like, i respect that that people don't share like their kids information on the internet so yeah i was like this is fascinating <laughs> like what is it like is it an homage to a character or, oh what it is and then you just hit me right in the face with the peanut hamper i didn't see uh, it coming okay nice one well done. Thank you. Thank you. It, well played, I need the needle drop, the Beastie Boy needle drop. Can't yes. stand it. <laughs> uh, anyway. No, I, I'm um, excited about the next episode. Um, yeah, we get to, to see another away mission, which will be fun. Um, I did want to just say um, I am very sad about Prodigy being removed from Paramount+. Yeah, Plus. that's crazy, what? right? It is the biggest bummer. But from what I have heard is there are conversations happening because it's technically a CBS studio project. It's not a Paramount Plus project. And Mm -hmm. so they are trying to potentially move it to a new home. Um, And from what I have, uh, Nickelodeon has also dropped it. So um, it's not going to air on Nickelodeon either, which really sucks for everyone involved um, because that's where they definitely make more money is when it airs on actual TV. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So the things that the crew, the Prodigy crew have said are helpful for them is um, there is a petition going around. I will put the link in the show description of the podcast and we've been sharing it on our socials. Um, They also said if you can purchase the DVD, which is only the first 10 episodes, which is also very frustrating. DVD Blu-ray is available. Um, You can also purchase it on um, like iTunes and Amazon. If you want to purchase digital copies, those are still available for purchase. Um, And then they said buying any of the like merch, the toys, the video games, the the comic, anything Prodigy related helps their case um, to show that the audience is there. So um, I hope that they find a new home and Paramount, you said you were the home of all Trek and now that's not true. So you're liar, liar, pants on fire. And not in a fun way. <sighs> that's that's really disappointing. I mean, I yeah. I felt like it, it was just a year ago where I was thinking like, wow, I'm going to have all this track for the foreseeable future. Yeah. And Paramount has just said, ha ha. Just, just kidding. We want a tax write off. So um, it's a big, big bummer. We are hopeful for the whole Prodigy crew that it gets picked up somewhere else. Um, but yeah, please support them in any way you can. So what's left? So no Prodigy, no Picard, no Discovery. So we have Strange New Worlds. We have um, the upcoming Academy series and the Section 31 movie. What about Lower Decks? And Lower Decks. Okay. We're still okay, guys. We're still okay. We still got a lot of Trek, but... We're we're not on the red yet. We're not on the red yet. Yeah. Uh, uh... uh, Am I mistaken? Aren't you two going to be at Comic-Con soon? That is true. If y'all are going to be at Comic-Con next month, I don't know if they've announced our panel yet, but Clyde and I will Mm be on a panel. Um, We will tell you all when we have full details of when and where, but I'm very excited about it. When's Comic-Con again? Is it the 14th? It starts like the 19th, I think, or something like that. Yeah, the July 19th to like the 24th, I think. It's whatever that, like Thursday to to. Sunday. I, I believe our panel is on the 20th, that Thursday. Yeah. Cool. Yep, yep, yep. There is one last season of Disco. It is in post-production, but I think they are stuck, P.W. Gregory, um, because of the writer strike. So we also are supporting our writers <laughs> in getting um, all of the things that they need. Where is Comic-Con? San Diego. San Diego Comic-Con. We will be there. Um, it's going to be very exciting. Um but yeah, so they were doing reshoots, but I don't think they finished it because they need writers to finish finish reshoots. So that's why writers are necessary. And I hope that they get everything that they deserve. Um, also put links to the um, Entertainment Community Fund in the show description because we should also be supporting all the people who are not working right now. Um, anything else, guys? I hate to leave us on a bummer note, but yeah, yeah. So, so, I think uh, Strange New Worlds has been really good so far. I'm excited for the rest of the season to continue. Next episode looks dope um, from the preview. And it's always a joy hanging out with you guys. So there's that. And our yeah. crew, our, our live stream crew. Listen, at the end of the day, I'm still enjoying this. And it's a great thing to do on a Thursday is to watch a little trek and then get to talk about it with, with not just you two incredible people, but all of our our listeners, our our live streamers, and our Patreon community. So, I mean, I always, after I've seen it, I like to jump in our Patreon uh, Slack channel and check out the the spoilers thread. Yeah. Um, I don't always comment, but I like to check out the 
what people are talking about and see what they re they responded to and you know maybe later on this evening we'll have a lively chat over Kirk versus not my Kirk and <laughs> for the rest of the night. Well, so, okay, you know. so, so, so just 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 a tangential thing. If you were to buy hot dogs at a on a cart in Toronto, mm -hmm. what would you put on it? Who I this is am easy a... for me. Is it? Oh, you go first, <laughs> yeah. buddy. Yeah, what's ketchup your... and relish. Ketchup and relish. Oh, ketchup. I'm a, I'm more oh. mustard mustard relish person. Um, or if it's an option, I like barbecue sauce. Mm. Ooh, like I, I'm. I also am a relish person. I, I tend to go relish, onion, ketchup, mustard. But like, I I tend to go like fifty fifty, like fifty hot, fifty percent hot dog, fifty percent condiment. So fifty percent. <laughs> if I'm if I'm in a, depending on the mood, and if it's a little chilly outside, right? So mm. if we're talking about late fall, early winter, and I, it's just me, like we're like, and I don't have a place to go, chilly. If that's when I want chili. Ooh, a chili dog. That's good. But, that's but good. chili, chili specific because if I'm if I'm going somewhere, there's just too high of a chance that that chili is going to end up on me somewhere. Oh yeah, it's, so it's, uh, that's a no go. What I call a shower meal. That's when you know mm -hmm. it's so good you have to take a shower afterwards because there's just food everywhere. <laughs> so, so there is this, like you know not to harp on this one point, but like. When he's eating the hot dog, you know, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm a food person, okay? I, I, I get it, I get it. And I, I and I and like I just see him take a bite. And I go like, how many takes do you have to do that? And like you know, it's just this dry. Uh, the bun know. also didn't look very appetizing. No, it, it looked not. like a dry bun. It, 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 it seems like the weirdest thing to harp on, like you know, like uh, on an episode, but like like it was like like <laughs> this is crazy. Especially because all the food sees, uh, scenes with Pike always look I fun know. and good. I know Pike is like an all like like they they do such food justice here. And then yes, but justice for the hot that, dog, justice for the street dog. Listen, <laughs> Pike's food is always like indoor somewhere where he's the chopping it. Poutine did look good. The poutine looked good. They also went to a good poutine place. Yes, so I was I'm, like, I'm with you. But like the thing about a hot dog is like listen. It's a street hot dog. There's a reason why street hot dogs need condiments. Is that you've taken it. food, and it's outside in hot dog water, and the buns are exposed to the elements. So no, I've never had a street hot dog where I've eaten and gone, man. You know what? I need another that one. bun was really great. <laughs> like I love that bun. That's a good bun. I've never said that. <laughs> so let's <laughs> just not have it. And listen, and I to me. Nathan's hot dog in New York is probably the upper echelon of hot dogs. No, like, there are plenty of good hot dogs, but like you looked at, like it just looked like a dry hot dog, and you you see him take a bite, and he goes, "Oh man, I gotta get another one." I'm going like, "This dude is crazy." The the line <laughs> would have been, "Oh, I need ketchup," you know, like it could have been a, or the line could gone like you know, oh, you know, you could put ketchup on that, and he goes, "What's ketchup?" Like anything, yeah, anything, anything. But, but but just like. Oh, like oh my god you're a psycho man <laughs> phasers on full my god uh, <laughs> we have a star trek podcast and we spent i don't know 40 percent of it talking about hot dogs dry hot dogs yep uh, well welcome to hot dog chat <laughs>
Welcome. Uh, this is Hot Dog Chat with uh, me, Paul, and Clyde. Uh, tonight we're going to be discussing toppings. That's yes. right, toppings. That's right. I don't know. Hey, yeah. if, next, if by any chance you listen to us, Akiva, buns. I still love the show. I'm just, you know. Next week we're going to talk apparently. buns. Is it whole wheat, potato, Kaiser? Right. And, and you should listen to our sister podcast. Do you or do you not leave a gun in a kid's room? <laughs> We call it the Gunplay Podcast with Mariah Paul and Clyde. <laughs> with like our the opposite star. of uh... that's right. Like like uh, with 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 our guest Canadian citizen Kanye Newsom. <laughs> Okay, this was wild. All right, I yes. think that's it for us tonight, guys. If you want to subscribe to Patreon, we'll be doing a whole extra hot dog hour. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tempt me with a funny idea because yes. we will do it, guys. <laughs> um, you can subscribe, rate, and review on Apple. Uh, you can visit StarTrekPod.co to find links to everywhere to listen or watch the podcast. You can also find our Patreon link there. Clyde, where can people find us on Twitter where they can tell us what their preferred hot dog toppings are? Yeah, get at us. Uh, tweet us, DM us all your hot dog topping concerns at Star Trek Pod. Come on down. Thanks, Karen, who runs our Twitter page. And so sorry for all the hot dog comments you're about to get. <laughs> we will see you all next <laughs> My week. My bad. <laughs> Live long and prosper. Live long and prosper. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Have Bye-bye. a good hot dog. Fourth of July. Woo! <laughs>